On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. There is one dominant issue this weekend uh, which is affecting a lot of people up and down the country, and that is the lifting of the fault on or the ban on no fault evictions which took effect uh, as of this time yesterday morning. Uh, Wayne Stanley, who's the Executive Director of the Simon Communities of Ireland, uh, is with us on the line. Um, Wayne, thanks for taking our call this morning. At this early juncture, uh, knowing that this all kicked in only about 24 hours ago, have you in Simon Communities as of yet noticed any uptick in the number of people who need to avail of your services because they have nowhere else to go? Um, Well, what we have seen is over the last week, um, a number of people contacting the Simon communities around the country. So, it, it, you know, it really is a national issue um, who have been saying that they're really concerned um, and they're not sure where they're going to go. In terms of, you know, people actually being forced to knock on the door, um, and that'll play out over the next couple of weeks as because what we know is particularly when we're talking about families, what they will do is when evicted from their home, they will try and do everything they can to not go into a homeless service. So they mm. will find alternatives with family and friends. Um, and we will see this play out in the coming weeks rather than in the coming days, I think. So you think that this is something which wasn't necessarily going to manifest overnight, or even if it did, it would only be at a very small scale, that this is something you're going to be dealing with in days or weeks to come? Yeah, so it will happen, I think, relatively quickly, um, because obviously there's a, there's been a level of, it has been a halt on a certain amount of evictions, and, and the 1st of April is the first day, but there's also the 15th of April. So there's a, there's a certain amount of... Um, graduation of of the eviction sure. notices that were built into the legislation, uh, but and as I say, people do try and find alternatives. So it can take a number of of weeks, even months, for this to to play out fully. I mean, we've seen that in terms of the moratorium on eviction itself. There was lots of claims that the moratorium wasn't working because homeless figures were continuing to rise, but actually part of that was. Exactly that sort of play out was still happening. People who had been overholding were still coming into the system. So what it, what the, the eviction did, the moratorium did what it should have done, which is you know prevent people who are on the verge of eviction uh, and keep them in their home for a period of time. I think where the where the whole system fell down is we didn't excuse me <clears throat> we didn't get the mitigating or the government didn't get uh, the mitigating. Uh, uh, the other measures uh, in place yeah, to, measures to in offset place the to, impact to, of all of this exactly yeah. and is that something you, you still think because we're going to be talking to, to Eamon Ryan a bit later in the programme about all of this and I'll put to him that when people backed the idea of a five month moratorium on evictions it was because they expected there to be more um, interim measures put in place than to offset the, the bottled up impact if you like your view seems to be that that, that wasn't done or it was an opportunity squandered uh, I think that's a fair assessment. I think that would be our assessment, and not to say it wasn't done entirely, but that uh, the the protections that were put in place, such as the tenant in situ, which was you know, uh, which a letter went out to kind of see if that could be ramped up, that hadn't bedded in. There were still issues with it. So I think what we definitely needed was the extension to the moratorium that we had been calling for to give those systems more time to actually have force and effect. Mm. Um, that opportunity wasn't taken and I'm still unclear, well, sorry, the government has articulated why they they made the decision not to do that. But for me, it, it hasn't been, uh, it hasn't 
been a compelling case that they've made for the reason not to. Mm. Um, just to, to, to go back to something you just said a moment ago, and I've just, I've just pulled up the act to try and put some meat on the bones of this, because people may have thought that April the 1st um, was the date in which a lot of the notices to quit would effectively sort of take active, that they've been put on in, in the deep freeze as a result of the government's law. But you were just pointing out there that actually a lot of them are still maybe a couple of weeks away, that April the 15th is a big day for many. Yes. And I think, um, I mean, there are a couple of anomalies in it in that um, somebody who uh, had their notice to quit uh, but was in the property more than seven years um, will be out on the 1st of April, will have a new termination. But somebody who was had the same notice to quit day, had been in the property three years, will be out on the 15th of April. Um, so, And that's about the amount of time that you get mm. under the legislation it's it's a it's a peculiar setup. You can you can understand that if in on some level that if people are already in a property for a long time that maybe there is a sense of them being better prepared to move on. But you would also argue that somebody who's been in a property for a long time and who may have have brought up children there that maybe the law could have been structured to give them a longer lead in time than than those who are relatively new under another roof. Yeah, and and I think it goes to I mean ultimately this moratorium was brought in. Um, and there were there were efforts to balance it to the sort of the needs of landlords as well. But remember, I think, and this actually is a, is a crucial point. It was brought in because there wasn't any capacity in emergency accommodation, um, and we were looking at a vista over the winter where there was enormous potential that particularly families would be forced to sleep in their cars or or present to guard stations. Um, now, now that didn't come about precisely because the moratorium was in place. And I think what we also said at the time was, having taken this emergency action for whatever the reason it was taken, we also had to take the opportunity that was in it. And what we have seen is that that opportunity wasn't taken. Because Dara O'Brien has told us on this programme before that the government at the very least, aside from the other progress that was made on permanent housing in the meantime, but he's told us that they added 650 beds to the emergency system to at least try and absorb the impact of all of this. Do you see evidence of that or do you simply just think that's not enough? Um, well, I think the 600 beds were largely cold weather initiatives that would that were brought into place, and I think uh, they have largely been taken up. Um, I know that there isn't an emergency bed to be had in the Midwest, as an example. Um, there, there's none in Galway, or uh, and very little in Cork, if any, in Cork that I'm aware of. Um, so I think what now the government has made a commitment that they're going to put an additional or up to an additional 2,000 beds back into the system. I heard uh, Mary Hayes from the Dublin Regional Homeless Executive, uh, and they are planning to put an additional 400 beds in, in the coming weeks. But Gavin, we're back to talking about increased in emergency accommodation to deal with an unprecedented crisis in the number of people already in emergency accommodation. We're, n- we're not talking about the, the public housing that's going to be put in place to actually uh, you know, provide these, the sure. social and economic infrastructure that's going to help us to deal with this crisis. Uh, and I think that is a, is a, is a sign of how uh, this has been a really missed opportunity. Sure. Uh, just before I let you go, because there's been so much discussion about what the government is doing to try and deal with the, the increased demands on its services, um, have the Simon communities themselves had, uh, have they had to prepare in advance to scale up their ability to cater to people who have nowhere else to go? Or how have the Simon communities themselves been, been trying to anticipate the workload you're going to face? So uh, all of the Simon communities around the country have been uh, 
engaging constructively and collaboratively with their local authorities. I think one of the things that I think I've been on your, your show before talking about cold weather initiatives yeah. and that kind of humanitarian response is something that local authorities do very well in collaboration with organizations like Simon. Uh, so yes, we have. Uh, we don't yet have a full line of sight in most areas of the countries of where that additional emergency accommodation is going to be in. What we are seeing is, uh, as an example, Obviously, each local authority is dealing with this in different ways. But in the Midwest, as an example, uh, they're looking to Midwest Simon and saying, well, if somebody is presenting, making you aware that they're anxious about, uh, you know, an eviction and yeah. uh, they don't have anywhere to go, tell us about them and we'll start to triage them through the system. So at least, you know, they're, they're taking kind of preemptive action. I know there was a meeting in Cork uh, quite recently and and they feel that they do have the capacity there, uh, particularly around the families, to deal with what's coming. But we don't have line of sight of the emergency accommodation that's there. So I think there's an awful lot of work to be done. But, uh, uh, you know, I do have to note that, you know, local authorities and uh, organizations like Simon are working yeah. collaboratively to make sure there is capacity there for people if they have to present. Well, the collaboration is, is welcome, but I suppose it's, it says an awful lot that you yourselves don't have line of sight of some of the beds that you're going to have to try and organize in the short term to try and help people that's through true. this hump. Um, thank you very much for your time this morning, Wayne. Always good to chat to you. That's Wayne Stanley, who's the Executive Director at the Simon Communities of Ireland. On the Record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation on News Talk.